Hi, I'm Millie Shapiro, and this is Drinking and Screaming. Welcome, listeners, to Season 2, Episode 13 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Shar. And I'm Kelly. And yes, that was King Payman themselves introducing our podcast. We have a full-length interview with Millie Shapiro later in this episode. Here's a little sneak peek of it. So, like, they'd go, three, two, one, bird, and then a bird would just shoot and hit the window. <laughs> and I'd have to, like, not react. So I'd, like, be in my mind, like, okay, don't jump, don't jump, don't jump, don't do it, don't do it. Like, no reaction. And it's really hard to do when there's, like, a giant smashing sound on the window. So, of course, this week we watched Hereditary from 2018. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we created this boozy dessert to be chocolatey, nutty, and deathly. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Is it deathly or deadly? I guess deadly would be better. I always thought that was weird. Why are they called the deathly hollows? Aren't they deadly as well? Or no, they're death's hollows. So they are deathly. They have ah. the quality of death. Well, this is your creation. So should it be deadly or deathly? I don't know. I think you're right. De- deadly sounds better. Heyman's choice. <laughs> So this is called the Boozy Chocolate Hazelnut Sunday, a.k.a. not for payments. <laughs> so we're using another of our Ernest ice cream sponsors, which is a whiskey hazelnut ice cream. So it's doubly not for Charlie because it's also boozy again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good. This one, I think, is my favorite ice cream that we have of theirs. Oh, yeah. It's so hard not to eat it. <laughs> So I'm really glad that you used it. Yeah. Now we get to eat the like scraps that we have left at the bottom. (laughs) There's also a homemade chocolate whipping cream on the top. And it's supposed to sort of be like the chocolate cake that Charlie eats in the movie. Yep. I totally see that. But ice cream because we had ice cream left. But yeah, talking about the ice cream specifically, it's I mean, it's really good. (laughs) Um. The hazelnut, though, I usually don't like ice cream with nuts in it Mm. because they kind of lose their texture. And also, I just don't like chunks in my ice cream. That's fair. But this one, it's really good. The nuts elevate it. And I can't I don't have enough goodness, good (laughs) words to use. I'm so speechless of how great this ice cream is. I mean, just wait for a moment when your throat starts to close up because you're allergic to nuts. And then I'm going to die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been baking a lot more because of the quarantine and you know how I feel about baked goods with nuts in them. You hate that. It's like, why would you make something and then ruin it? It's like if I just made a a loaf of bread and threw it out the window. But that's not how you feel about this ice cream or it is? No, it's not how I feel about ice cream in general. I fucking love nuts in my ice cream. Okay. Go get a a banana split, put a bunch of ground up peanuts on top. Fuck yeah, that's a (laughs) snack right there. (laughs) I like that you made it fancy and like layered the ice cream in the mousse so it's kind of like a parfait everyone loves a parfait who doesn't love a parfait (laughs) that's the best i can do under the circumstances fabulous thanks the my favorite part was making the whipped cream and uh i use different components than i usually make whipped cream with and just sitting there being like will it will it thicken will it thicken come on come on you can do it thicken come on and then i looked away for a moment and i looked back and it was all thick and i was like yes you did it (laughs) We have to finish this so that we can actually record and don't hear the clinking noises in the background. Clinkity clink clink. All done? Oh, man. (laughs) That was so good. You wrote a little joke at the end that you were really proud of and want to say. 
Oh, that's just going to be for the recipe card. Oh, okay, never mind. Only the patrons will get it. Ooh. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, all right, tell me about this movie. Wait, wait, where would they go to become a patron? Go to patreon.com slash drink and scream. Wink. Question mark. That yes. sounds like the right URL. That's right. I just have nut in my mouth. So hold on one second. Quink. So this week we watched Hereditary, which premiered on June 8th of 2018. It's written and directed by Ari Aster, and it stars Tony Collette as grieving mother Annie, Millie Shapiro as her daughter Charlie, Alex Wolf as her son Peter, and Gabriel Byrne? Byrne? I'm not sure. As the family's father, Steve. I don't know. (laughs) Byrne. We got a little snippet of a synopsis from IMDb. Thanks to the user Mr. Osesteed, M. Rosesteed. Not sure how to say that either. A lot of really hard to pronounce names. <laughs> they said Annie is a wealthy model maker with a family history of mental instability. After her elderly mother passes away, Annie, her disturbed daughter, Charlie, and eventually her teenage son, Peter, begin to experience strange visions and compulsions, much to the distress of her skeptical husband, Steve. So then I'm adding over here. When Peter wants to go to a house party after school, Annie makes him bring Charlie along, too. Eager to flirt with the ladies and let loose, Peter leaves Charlie alone at the party and she ends up eating a slice of cake containing nuts to which she is deathly allergic. A high Peter rushes Charlie to the hospital, but before they can get there, he swerves to avoid a deer causing Charlie's head to get lopped off by a telephone pole with an odd symbol on it. As the family deals with this new form of grief, things start to take an even darker turn. Annie tries to connect with Charlie from the spirit world thanks to a helpful friend from a grief support group. However, that helpful friend actually gives her a recipe for disaster, a how-to document of unleashing the demon Payman to attach itself to her son, Peter. Things start to unravel out of control, culminating in the death of Steve, who was burnt alive when Annie tried to save the family by burning Charlie's art book. Annie herself, who saws off her own head while under the control of King Payman, and even Peter, who jumps out a window to try and escape. We then see Peter's body inhabited by Payman, getting crowned amongst his followers in Charlie's treehouse. Oh, man. Charlie's Treehouse was my favorite Canadian children's show. (laughs) There was like the Treehouse channel. Oh, yeah, that was. I remember that. Was there an actual show called Charlie's Treehouse? (laughs) No. Oh, okay. I was like, what? (laughs) It was presented by Payman. It was all about lopping heads off and getting rich. This is one of those movies that I realized when you said 2018, I was like, yeah, that was last year. And then I was like, hold up. (laughs) Yeah, no, it wasn't. Feels like just a moment ago that I watched this movie for the first time. (laughs) But we've seen it so many times since because we love it so much. Yes, this is true. Which is why I'm so glad that we got Millie Shapiro to be Mm -hmm. on this episode with us. But hit me with that trailer audio. Maybe we finished the toy after the quiz. Sorry, I recognize you from your mother. How is your relationship with your daughter? What? Peter? Charlie? Are you okay? Charlie? Please stop. Charlie! Charlie! Charlie. Please stop. The trailer is so good. It's almost misleading, actually. It's so scary. Oh, it gives you the heebie-jeebies. I remember the first time I saw that trailer, and I thought that the movie was about a daughter that 
possesses the family and tries to kill them. Well, that's basically what happens, but it's not the daughter. <laughs> no, that's true. But it definitely gives off kind of like an omen vibe or uh, the orphan, I guess, as well. Just the idea of like this killer kid. Yeah, exactly. But uh, when we watched it, I timed the point that Charlie actually dies. And Millie Shapiro, the character Charlie, is only in it for like one fourth of the movie. I think like a half hour into the movie, she dies. Mm-hmm. But Payman is in the movie for the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And she still appears multiple times, like haunting the family. Yeah. It is good that the trailer does that because you go in. It's such a shock yeah, when she y- dies. You're like, oh shit, Charlie's going to be a problem this entire movie. And then she dies and you're like, oh, well, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That scene is so impactful. It's so good. You can't talk about this movie without like, that's the first thing I think of when I think of this movie is the car crash. Oh yeah. And the delivery of, uh, Peter, the moment that it happens, like you just know, you you feel all the different emotions going through him of like, well, this is no good. Yeah. <laughs> How do I deal with this situation now? <laughs> But yeah, I also like that the trailer says you're going to want to unsee this movie. It's basically like you're going to see some stuff that you want to unsee. And then you've been warned later on in the trailer, which is great. (laughs) It's like, don't watch this movie. You're going to not you're going to want to have not seen this movie. We told you so. (laughs) Such a good trailer. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, we already we have lots of thoughts on this and we have lots of thoughts later on when we talk to Millie. Yeah, I want to go quickly like a short discussion because I want the main chunk of the episode to be our interview. Uh, I don't want to fangirl about it, so I'm just going <laughs> to. It's very good. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, but I do have like two points that I want to say. So my first one is that there are some very strong female performances in this gosh darn movie. When I think of Hereditary, I think of Tony Collette as the mother. Oh, hell yeah. And Millie Shapiro as Charlie, hands down. The dinner scene when everyone's at the table and like Annie doesn't want to come down for dinner, but then she does. And they're just like sitting quietly eating and then they just like finally reveal all the inner shit that they have going on is so good so good oh which just brings me into my next point oh i was gonna mention i don't think there's a strong male character in this movie which is great yeah like the the both peter and steve are side characters compared to like all the female even the the cult members all the main cult members are Our female. ladies yeah. yeah and the grandmother is like the i forget what they call it like the summoner of king payman so she's like featured a lot even though she we never really hear any lines from her but her presence is everywhere mm-hmm. and ari does that a lot like hereditary and midsummer were basically like positive strong female characters yeah which is great and then just speaking about the grandmother that scene when Annie is like closing the lights in her workspace, I think. And you see the grandmother in the corner. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's like, oh, that's so creepy. Terrifying. Uh, (laughs) And then my last thing that I wanted to say was that Ari Aster does such a good job writing this film. Mm. It's fantastic. Like he's known for saying that this movie is meant to be a family drama more than anything. And it is. It just is also terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) It's the real horrors of being in a family. 
And I just love how every beat that this story goes through is so unpredictable and surprising, but it doesn't throw you off like it makes sense. It's believable the way that the writing and the pacing of everything is happening, but it's just not something that you would anticipate, like especially like the car crash scene or once um, Annie starts to try and not like resuscitate her daughter, but like see Charlie from the spirit world and connect with her again and how it just goes. It builds a narrative that when something surprising does happen, it feels like it was deserved. Yeah. Like we're hinted at the fact that Charlie is deathly allergic to nuts. We see all all of the iconography of payment symbol all over the place. Yep. And we know that Peter is high. So the the beheading scene, all the all the plot makes sense. You just did not expect it was going to happen. Yeah. But it doesn't feel undeserved, which I think is great. Oh, man. I want to make a small point that goes with Ari Aster saying that this is a family drama as well. Yeah. This isn't one of my thoughts, but I had heard like analysis of this movie also being that it's kind of a discussion about like transitioning, like sex transitioning and like the idea that Payman is summoned into the wrong body and is like very awkward and and stumbling and stuff like that. And then it's this huge traumatic event to actually get into the right body. And like the family doesn't support it. Everybody around them is like unsupportive, except for the people that are being like super encouraging, like, fuck, yeah, payment, get get into the right body. We know that you don't like this this body that you were brought into. So like we're here for you. We're going to make this work. And then then seeing at the end payment like getting his crown and you there's such a difference you're right a physicality of the awkward when he's in his female body and then the strength that comes even though he still is unsure yeah he definitely is in his own skin at the end and everyone everyone's so fucking supportive It's yeah, the they family. lopped off their heads for them. Yeah, it's the <laughs> it's the family that you build, not the family that you got. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like that. And it's uh, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people speak praise about that angle of the movie. For sure. It's creepy, but um, it works. Listen, transitioning ain't always clean. <laughs> uh, were those the, the points that you wanted to make? Yep, that's it. Sweet. I have two points as well, because... Uh, we want we want to get our dumb opinions out of the way and then get a real professional's opinion. <laughs> so mine's less analysis of the movie, but more a story that happens. Yes, tell me. So you and I watched this movie together in 2018, apparently, which, you know, that's years away. Yeah. And it was terrifying. And like we had our all our friends were talking about it and it was like a must see movie at the time. I'm and so then, glad that it wasn't spoiled for us. Oh, yeah. Our friends are very good at not spoiling movies. Yeah. They were like, go watch it. It's about a family. And then my mom came to visit and my mom had never seen it or heard of it because it's too it's too artsy. <laughs> Your mom just doesn't watch horror movies in general. Yeah, she. it's because my stepdad hates horror movies. <laughs> um, so we got her to watch it. And for like a while, she was good. Like seeing the, the grandmother in the darkness almost, almost killed going. my mom. Seeing the beheading, you know, my mom's good with gore and stuff like that. But the moment <laughs> that you see Annie crawling on the wall, my mom just like curled up in a ball, put the blanket over her head and refused to watch the rest of the movie. Did not come out. Yeah. No. She like tells <laughs> me stories about watching like the grudge when it came out or like the ring and the, the like walking on the walls in like creepy ways is my mom's like, nope, not going to watch that. Yeah. I think she is more afraid of just that action than I am of ghosts in general. <laughs> 
Like, I hate ghosts and I ain't going to watch or I'll watch them, but I ain't going to deal with ghosts in real life. Yeah. The moment that my mom sees someone like bend over backwards or like crawl up a wall, she's gone. That's and it. I was like, you have to keep watching. I was almost getting mad. It's important. It's, you must watch this. It's so good. You, you're missing it. And she's like, no, I can't. <laughs> and then I'm like, OK, it's over now. And then she like scuttles up the wall and she's like, ah. <laughs> I don't even think she watched the scene of her like banging her head up against the trap door. Oh. She just heard it and she's like, that's all I need. Another awful moment. Yeah, it's fine. And it's weird, too, because like a lot of the movie isn't traditional horror. It's just like creeping dread. Yes. But then just like at a left field fucking crawling up on the wall, cutting off her head. It it's, goes like the last 15 minutes is true, true horror. It is a lot. It is a lot to deal with. <laughs> And then you get the reward of being payment. My second thought is that uh, this time that we watched it was for the podcast. And it was like the first time we actually had to discuss it afterward. And one of my favorite things was watching all the YouTube channels that are like 10 things he missed in hereditary. Oh, yeah. 20 subtle facts that you didn't pick up. And then their <laughs> thumbnail is like the symbol of payment on the pole circled in red. And it's like, all right, cool. Uh, and then we watched a few of them and maybe like three things were stuff that we didn't pick up but on. But it was always out of list of like 80. Yeah. <laughs> did you notice that Peter clicked his tongue like Charlie did earlier in the movie? Whoa. Oh my God. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my less condescending point of this is that Ari Aster does do a really good job of making every frame have so much information in it that you have to pick up. Um, but also like traditional movie director style, like shows you the things that are important and will get you through the story. Mm -hmm. But the like the rewatch value is really yeah. high, though. Yeah. And it adds like richness to the narrative. Um, like we also watched ones on Midsummer afterward. And apparently we've been pronouncing Midsummer wrong. Forever. Dave was on that episode. I think he pronounced it right. The Midsommar thing? Midsommar? Yeah. Yes. It's cool to see the discussion of all the things that you missed, but I, I just always find it funny. And we find this with the trivia facts sometimes as well, where it's like, did you notice that this line was said in this movie? It's like, yes, I did, because I heard it and I watched the movie. <laughs> But we have actual behind-the-scenes info for you coming up right after this ad break. Meow, 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 meow. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. This episode of Drinking and Screaming is brought to you by Ernest Ice Cream, who gave us the whiskey hazelnut ice cream we used in today's boozy dessert. I'm not exaggerating when I say this is so fucking good. I don't think I'm going to be allowed to eat the rest of it when we're done. <laughs> If you're a Vancouver local, you can still get their ice cream during quarantine at their Francis Street location with contactless curbside pickup. Something that I really love about them is that their name represents the honesty and conviction they bring to what they do. Oh. <laughs> They're so earnest. I thought it was like Ernest, the American comedy guy. No. Ernest goes to band camp or something. I don't know. Their website literally says being serious makes the whole thing more fun. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Because that's how I feel about this podcast. <laughs> but they work with small batches, which is really cool because it allows them to mix things up with their flavors. They do a lot of experiments. They have vegan options, which Ooh. is great for Vancouver particularly. <laughs> Hell yeah. Although I feel like with uh, with quarantine, a lot of us are getting loose on our diets. <laughs> Speaking of quarantine, stay home, you demon gods from another realm that have been summoned from... Hell. Sure. 
Heck yeah. And just because you're demons doesn't mean that you can't wash your hands. Keep everyone safe. Uh, Social distancing is still in effect, even though apparently a lot of people don't want to. But fuck them. Stick to your guns. Stay inside. Watch some Ari Aster. Get too scared to go to sleep. And then stay up all night. Who cares? (laughs) It's the quarantine. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream on Facebook at drink and scream. You can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com and you can join us on discord at bit.ly slash hopped up discord. Something that would be amazing is if you could tell your friends about us. That is the best way for us to get the word out on our podcast. This is a huge episode, so you could use this one to make them listen. Oh, if your friends haven't watched Hereditary yet, they got time. They can do it. it send, makes, them a, send them the link to this episode. It makes us seem really cool and more professional than we are because so, we have a celebrity guest. We're so dang professional. <laughs> Speaking of celebrity guests, here's our interview with Millie Shapiro. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? Not bad. Fabulous. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. What have you been up to in the, the isolation times right now? Um, Not too much. I've been finishing school. I'm in my last semester of high school. So trying to get all of that done. It's it's hard when you're in quarantine because usually like motivation is like, I'll do school and then I'll leave the house, but <laughs> can't really do that right now. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing that, hanging out with my sister, making TikToks and all of that fun stuff. Oh, and playing Animal Crossing way too much. Of course. So. That's what yes. we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Came out at a really good time. It did. Right? It did. A very odd coincidence, but I've been doing that way too much. I feel like if you can be bad at Animal Crossing, that's what I am. I'm not the best at it. <laughs> I don't it's know just why. a creative outlet, though. So the, yeah, you're, you're yeah. fine no matter what you do. No, yeah. It's a time. I'm like looking at my village now. Like I hate wherever I put everything. So I'm trying to get like <laughs> super rich so I can like move everything around. But then I have all this debt to pay off. And I'm like, Tom, please stop giving me more debt. Just, it's extremely realistic. Never escaping. It's, it's a time. So talking about hereditary today, mm-hmm. um, I'm really curious what your audition process was like. Have you worked in the horror genre before? Were you really prepared going in? Or I love horror. I really do. And hereditary was actually my first horror audition. So it was something that I hadn't really done before. So I was way looking forward to it. And I just got emailed about the audition from my agent when I was walking home from school. And I was very excited. And I read the script that night and fell in love with it. And so I took like the next day off from school so I could like prepare for the audition. And I went in and for some reason, this is like the most random occurrence. But when I went in, every other girl there, they had red hair, which is like very weird. It's like <laughs> you don't see like natural redheads like ever. And yeah. so that just being in a, like a room of five or six of them, it was really weird. And they were all like younger than me. And I was like, oh, I'm... <laughs> it's interesting it's a time and I'm like okay so I don't get I don't have like the look they're going for probably but we'll go in and do our best and that's what I did and I didn't think I got it in the beginning just because of like 
the look and how different I was from everyone else. But then I got a call back and I went back and then I got a director's call back and met Ari and I, I was like, I love your script. I've read it like five times. <laughs> Just thought you should know that. And he was like, oh, cool. I'm like, haha. And then we did the audition. <laughs> but, you know, it's always awkward. You want to say like, I love this project. I like, I died when I read it or something. But then it's just like awkward because you're like auditioning and it's just yeah. like, please hire me. <laughs> like, please hire me. That'd be really great. Luckily he did or else it may have been awkward, but you know, I was very excited when I got the role. I like freaked out and called all of my friends and all my friends freaked out. And then like that night they like canceled all of their plants plans and we went and got cake so hey, it's a fabulous. time that's good you know, some good friends <laughs> i know i was like thank you guys but you got to read the whole script that's um, yeah. amazing not very well heard of in like film practice yeah for sure a lot of the time they'll just send like a side or two or yeah. and just like a character breakdown but i feel like with hereditary so much stuff happens that you kind of need to know the end to see like the whole way through mm. right mm-hmm. for sure so i was very glad that i got to have the script before and i read it way too many times before we started <laughs> it's insane I feel like that's what I would do, too, in general, when I'm uh, working on new projects. But how is working with Ari? What's his like directing style, especially like with kids and stuff? Um, He's great. I love him. He's amazing. He's very good at like getting people to do what he wants in a way that like it's like not pushy and like you don't feel like you're not having any creative input, which is really great. And he was always great with me because I was I was 14 when I filmed, like 14 Mm. turning 15. And Mm. so I was fairly young. And so he was always great with making sure I felt like completely comfortable with something before we did it. And we would have rehearsals and talk about it. And before I even like went on set, me and Ari would have meetings where we'd just talk about the character and who they were and what their relationships were to people. So we had done a lot of the prep work before we had even started. That's awesome. Good to hear. What's your process like? Or have you gone to like theater or acting school or were you just like in regular school and then you found this passion? Um, I always kind of wanted to be a performer. I started taking like private lessons when I was three. I used to live in Florida and I my mom took us to see shows a lot and she took us to see a touring production of Cats and I like died when I was three and was like totally obsessed with it. And she always talks about it like I was like so still and silent, which is like weird for a three-year-old in general. And then like after the show, I turned to her and said, mom, I have to do this. And she's like, all right, cool. And then she (laughs) and stuff. And it was weird for her and my dad because they like never did any sort of performing ever. My dad, he was in a show um, when he was in high school, South Pacific, because they recruited kids from the football team to be in the show. And they (laughs) told him to stand in the back and not sing and like not do anything. Just be quiet. (laughs) That's such a high school musical (laughs) theater thing. Like we just need Mm -hmm. men, please. Yeah. Yeah. And so I always thought that was funny because um, then I went on and so did my sister to be like actors and do theater and film. And so it's very different from our parents, which you don't usually find a lot in this industry. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very true. And you were Matilda on Broadway. I'm a huge musical theater fan. (laughs) So let me just have a freak out moment right now. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. Anything you could tell us about that would be so cool. I'm super interested. (laughs) 
Um, Matilda was my first audition, which is like the weirdest thing. It never happened. Wow. So I wasn't really expecting anything from it because you like always hear like, oh, you'll have like 300 auditions before yeah. you get anything. And so I had like no hope for it. I was like, all right, cool. We'll just like do our best. And Sometimes the first- that's the best when you are auditioning, though. You need <laughs> yeah. to just not think about it. Yeah. And so I went in. I forced my mom to get me a suit because I wanted to wear a suit to the audition. Nice. I don't know why. I was a weird 10 year old. It just made sense to me. I was Seems like, yes, professional. <laughs> and so I went in with my suit and my sister was auditioning as well. And we were going back and forth because I was auditioning for Matilda and my sister was auditioning for How the Grinch Stole Christmas like across the street. Nice. And we were both auditioning because we were like running back and forth. <laughs> and um I finally like got to my place in line and I was in the room for like 20 minutes. They just had me like do like this monologue I had picked out, which I think was about like Little Red Riding Hood or something. It was something I don't remember, (laughs) but it was something (laughs) like that. And then I sang A Girl I Mean to Be, which is um, from The Secret Garden. Yep. And then they were just like talking to you to like see who you were. And they're like, oh, what's your favorite book? And I'm like, oh, it's hard to pick a favorite. And then I was talking about the book series I was reading at the time, which was Series of Unfortunate Events. Of course. Good choice. I was on the fifth book, which I remember for some reason. And um, one of the people in the room had read the book series. And so then we were talking for like 10 minutes about the book series, which like for a kid auditioning for Matilda, it's just like a little meta, just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So then they brought like the head casting director in. We were all just talking and hanging out. And my sister and my mom thought I had like died in the room or something. So I was in there (laughs) for so long. And then um, I got callbacks and callbacks and I was just having a blast. I didn't like expect too much from it. I was just like, all right, cool. Let's have fun. And then we got to the final callback and they had me do a cartwheel and I like left and I told my mom, I'm not going to get it. I can't do a cartwheel. (laughs) I I did get it. And the whole time I was in the show, I was in gymnastics so they could help me do a cartwheel. I never did it. Right. Just on my last show, I did one perfect cartwheel, but you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, it was an interesting time. That's interesting that they kept it in the choreography, even though mm-hmm. you were struggling with it. Yeah, it was just me. It was just me. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do out. it. No, call me out. Like, I could not do it for the life of me. It was horrifying. It was not a time. And the stage is raked, too. So you're like on a slant. So you're doing right. a cartwheel uphill. And I had just broken my arm. I was in a cast for like most rehearsals because I tripped over nothing again. It was, it was in time. So I had to like switch sides of doing cartwheels. You know, it was. Cartwheel is not in my like wheelhouse. Maybe wheel. you're a bit closer yeah. now though, because you practice <laughs> so many times. <laughs> Maybe just a tiny bit. Who knows? It's been it's been a while since I've done a cartwheel. Yeah, so, they're overrated. No one can do them. Yeah, yeah. No cartwheels. Yeah, it's physically impossible. <laughs> so, are you self-proclaimed klutzy then? I would say so. I have <laughs> broken a few bones and all of that jazz, tripping over nothing usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tend to do. That I'm less so now, but definitely when I was younger, I would trip over anything and get hit. I have terrible luck with PE. It's like the worst thing. And no matter what sport we're playing, I somehow get hit in the face. It's just like, I don't know why. I don't know why. We were playing soccer and someone would like punt a ball and I'm like four feet away from them and it would smack me down in the face. 
So it was just, it was uh, foreshadowing for hereditary. It was foreshadowing. Then. Yeah, just getting hit in the face. I was practicing. Yeah. I yeah, was exactly. going to say, how are you with hanging out of car windows then? <laughs> Pretty good. I, as a kid, I was obsessed with having the windows down. So, you know, it was all nice. just leading me to that moment. Nice. Good. Yeah. <laughs> did they, how did that scene work? Um, it was a mix of things. Um, we filmed all of the interior scene of the car in like a studio. So it was just like a dark room with this giant fan and like the car but they had like a stick under the car so they can move it around and that mm. I always find hilarious when they do <laughs> stuff like that like practical effects sometimes just look really funny and so they had like people jumping on the stick to make the car move and look like it was driving and I we were just doing our thing doing all the inside stuff and um hanging out the window for like the inside car view of me hanging out the window and I was like way into it and like I went home and I had all these bruises down my side because oh, I was thrashing no. around like a lunatic yeah like a little too committed and scratches and everything. I was like waved. I was in the moment <laughs> as actors like to say. That was like <laughs> the first section. And then we had like the second section, which was actually outside. And we were on this like road in the middle of nowhere in Utah. And um, we had the car and they had like this ca camera contraption attached to the car so they could film me. And they had a stunt driver for Alex because um, Alex is from New York, so Doesn't drive. New York kids can't drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so they had a stunt driver for Alex and I was tethered into the car and we were just on an empty stretch of road. So they would do like a swerve where it would be like as if the pole was there and mm. it was not really anything. And I did most of the stuff. And then they had a stunt double for me actually by the pole and they would pull up really quickly to, you know, wouldn't get hit by a pole yeah. and we we're only going like 30 miles an hour so we weren't even going that fast and then they had a full body cast of me including the head and they had two heads that were made for like the impact and so they had two tries to kind of get it how they liked it and they had that and so it was like kind of a bunch of tiny parts all mixed together to create that sequence and then they did like ADR for some of the breathing and it was a time <laughs> that's like yeah the most iconic moment of the film oh, though, yeah, for sure. people think of hereditary and they think of that scene so yeah for sure I know Kelly has a quote, burning question about this oh yeah this. I have to ask did you get to keep any of the head props I didn't I uh. really wanted to <laughs> I really wanted to like I had this whole plan that like one of my friends was going to help me with where we'd like make this like fruit bowl kind of thing and have the head as like the centerpiece. Oh, that'd be awesome. And we put like fruit around it and then like whenever someone would mention it, they'd be like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's just a fruit bowl. And they're like, no, what is in it? Fruit and stuff. And I'm like, no, the head. What head? What are you, what talking, are you talking about? about? Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. But sadly, that reality has not come true yet. Yeah. Maybe, maybe at some point. Yeah. I will find it. Find one of my heads. They're like floating <laughs> around. They're somewhere. I don't know where. They're traveling without me. So it's they're, they're you on know. tour. Would you they're want the? Uh, would you want like the rotting one on the side of the road or the I older mean, one at the end? I don't know. Whichever one. I'm down for any. <laughs> just any you know, <laughs> just like any of them. It'd be really weird to like see yourself. You know, yeah. it's weird. It's like very weird because as an actor, 
like you'll see yourself in situations that you've never really been in, like dying or getting decapitated. And it's really weird because you're like, oh, that looks like a puppet of me. Key, that's not me. (laughs) Like I just remember thinking that when I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's a puppet of me. And I'm like, no, that's actually me. But it feels like you're watching a puppet Mm. with like, you you know, have you seen Gravity Falls? A bit, yeah. Or if you haven't, but there's this part where Bill Cipher like possesses um, the main character whose name I just forgot the second I had to think Dipper. That's what it is. And he's like watching as like Bill like parades around in his body. And that's kind of what it feels like as an actor. Hmm. It's like you remember doing it and you've seen it, but it just like doesn't feel like yourself. I have the problem of really judging myself when I see uh, when I watch myself. I can't do it. I just I don't. I'm mostly (laughs) I do theater, which Uh in in any way, when you're watching a recording of a show, it's never the same as seeing it live. Mm, So I like to blame it on that. But still, I can't do it. (laughs) I hate watching myself, too. I wonder if it's like an actor thing i can never do it it's it's always like really weird yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. recording my voice for the first time was a very uncomfortable situation because like (laughs) in my head i have like a nice booming voice and then i record and it's like hello how's it going (laughs) how are you how is everyone i feel like everybody hates listening to their voice though for sure human voice in general is just an awful experience (laughs) yeah because like when you're hearing your voice in your head it's like it's inside of your body so it's like reverberating and yeah vibrating differently and so then when you actually hear your voice how it sounds to everyone else you're like oh I should never speak again (laughs) I'm sorry everybody that I've been subjecting you to this (laughs) so most of your scenes are with Tony and Alex, right? Mm-hmm. So how was working with them? Like Tony is a huge legend. So I'm interested. Yeah, to hear about it was that. really cool. I was like shook because I like seen a lot of their stuff. And so like actually getting to work with people that you've like fantasized and like, you're like, oh my God, what if I meet them one day <laughs> and I'm working with them? It's like really <laughs> weird. And so um, I think the, the I had already known Alex a bit because we went to the same school. I was like middle school, like very, very unpopular, like one friend, never speaks (laughs) to anyone. And he was like friends with everyone. So and like very popular. So he talked to everybody. We had like interacted like twice or something. So it was really weird. And so it was like fun to like be in something with him and actually like get to know him. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So I got to like meet Alex, like, and like interact with him. And it was weird that we were from the same school, like very coincidental. And then I got to meet Tony, who's amazing, and like see her act up close, which like you're dying on the inside. So you're like, oh my god, you're in the sixth sense, and I'm like getting to see you like right face to face and talk with you, and it's it was a really weird experience. Have you sure. seen any of the? Um, there's like a, a viral video trend right now of everybody oh, yeah. doing the mother monologue from this movie. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of them. They're really funny. My friends always send them to me. And I see them all the time on TikTok, and like I'll com- I'll try to comment on like most of the hereditary stuff I see because I'm like, hey, that's funny. <laughs> but like half the time, people don't notice until like months later. And then I'm like, yeah, I saw it. He's there. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leading up to that scene, I'm like, oh, it's coming up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah every time I see the movie and I see that mother monologue I, it it makes me so scared and like anxious and like I saw it like if I've seen the movie like probably like 
four or five times. It's like not like too, too much, but a fair amount. And every time that scene comes up, I just get so anxious. It like <laughs> makes me so uncomfortable, but it's just like so good. Cause yeah. you like feel like so anxious. It's really well written too. Yeah. And she yeah. performs it beautifully. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. A really good standout moment for sure. It's extremely yeah. realistic, especially from a child <laughs> <Yeah>. of divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you mentioned seeing Tony in the sixth sense. So are you a, a big horror fan? You've mentioned that a bit at yeah, the beginning. I, yeah, I love horror. I haven't been watching too much recently because my sister moved away to college like a year or so. Oh, boo. Like, years ago. <laughs> and then so like watching a horror movie and then going back to your room in the dark <laughs> is just like not the most enjoyable. And I have dogs, so they're like tiny little dogs. So they would not be able to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, one of my dogs, they wouldn't even notice. And the other would just go high and so I'm like out in the open no protection like before I was like oh my sister would definitely die first so I was like all right cool I'll have chance to run but then she left and I'm like oh there's no one else so I guess it's me yeah so I haven't been watching as much horror as I used to Mm-hmm. What we do, um, it's funny because we do it in real life, but also on the podcast is after every film we watch, we'll go on IMDb or like mm-hmm. film sites and look up trivia uh, and fun facts about the film and how it was made to try and mm-hmm. calm ourselves down. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you can try yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah, I always I always try to do something like that or like watch something like very lighthearted afterwards. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like things just don't bother me until like a month later that I think about it and it freaks me out. Yeah. Or like just certain imagery freaks me out. I don't know why. Oh man, there's just the time. Um, have you seen the short film Lights Out? No, I haven't, but I've heard of it. Oh, that's something that pops <laughs> into my head <laughs> all the time. It's only two minutes long and it's so yeah. scary. It's one of those things oh, where God. like you just kind of remember that you've seen it and then the image of the creature yeah. shows up yeah. just when you're like lying <laughs> in bed in the dark and you're like, oh well now mm-hmm. I have to stay up until the sun gets up so <laughs> yeah that was me when I watched like American Horror Story the like circus season oh, with yeah. the clown that I could like not deal with like before I was like really really like desensitized to horror I had like seen it because I think I had like an audition for American Horror Story or something they're like mm. watch this trailer of all of our <laughs> stuff and that was in it and it just like ruined me <laughs> for like a minute and like that and Pet Cemetery are like the two things that I was like scarred by as a kid mm. oh yeah yeah I can see you that. know do you have any uh, upcoming projects that you can tell us about or anything in the works um I was in a short film I don't know how much I can say but that was really really fun to do I haven't been working too much because nothing is right now working. quarantine yeah. nothing's working <laughs> um I'm going to college in the fall so that's going to be a whole new adventure mm-hmm. awesome and so that's going to be I got into the my like dream school and I was like that ri- one risky person that only applies one place like <laughs> I'll just you know hopefully it'll work out and it did and I was not expecting that so nice. very excited congratulations about that. what are you, uh, you what are you studying um I'm gonna be at NYU in the film and television major nice. so it's more on the like making of side yeah and it's really cool and the director of Pet Cemetery of the original like teaches there oh, and wow. so and like the stuff I want to do so I'm going to be like hi you scarred me as a child nice to meet you I love you <laughs> yeah it's like oh my god it's going to be a moment for sure oh man that's really cool though yeah, going that's awesome. off to your favorite mm-hmm. school kind of jealous <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm super lucky I mean I, I feel like now you've answered it but what is your uh, favorite <laughs> horror movie oh god I don't know 
know. It's a hard question. I really like horror movies that like I've watched with like my sister and friends. Me and my friend, we always watch the Saw movies and we'll like like eat food while watching the Saw movies. And my friend, for some reason, like my friend and my sister horror movies like do not bother them. So my friend can be like chill while someone's like getting decapitated (laughs) and like stuff like that. And my sister too, like nothing's ever scared them about it. But me, I'm like dying just a tiny bit. And so like things like like stuff that I've watched with them, I would say is my favorite. And we've watched like a lot of random stuff. Because I feel like horror is like such a fun thing to share with other people. Yeah. (laughs) It definitely it I feel like when I get asked that question, I always feel put on the spot and I never really know what to say. Because it Mm -hmm. it very much depends on my mood and like of when I'm being asked the question, but also when I what I want to watch. Like what kind of Yeah. Or am I into? I think it's also like an age thing. Cause like mm-hmm. when I was like 20, my favorite movie, my f- favorite horror movie would be like Silent Hill or something. Cause I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. heck yeah, video games and horror movies. But now it's yeah. like the ritual <laughs> because crossing. it's like a bunch of guys going out in the woods and being like sad middle aged men getting attacked by rituals. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to tell us? <laughs> oh, God. Any behind the scenes uh, info? Oh, yeah. Um, her, oh, yeah. Um, the, mm, the chocolate cake in Hereditary was very good. Oh, good. A lot of people want to know that. Um, <laughs> I like they like had like chocolate frosting smeared on my face. And whenever there's like any type of like food smeared on your face, the scent of it is just so overpowering that you like despise it for a minute like I ate so much chocolate during that film I did not mind in the slightest I was gonna ask did you have a spit bucket or did you just no, eat that I was cake like, I was ready I was like give me more please and I only had to eat like one or two bites of it but then I just like ate a whole slice afterwards they're like do you want it I'm like yes <laughs> thank you and they had like seven cakes just for like the cutting into the cake right and so they had like a ton of it was it was a time and the party scene was really funny to film because there's no music going on. Yeah. No one's actually talking. So everyone's just like silently partying and like pretending they're having a great time. And it's like <laughs> completely silent, which is always hilarious to me. It's like one of our favorite things is to look in a movie where people are dancing and see that clearly none of the extras were given any like rhythm to stick to. Yeah. They're all different. Yeah. yeah. They're all like... <laughs> It's They're so all vibing, good. <laughs> Are you yeah. something else I wanted to ask was, uh, um, do you use an EpiPen in real life or like, how did you I research? I have an EpiPen oh, okay. in real life. I've had an allergic reaction where I almost died before. Oh, wow. So, you know, a little experience. I don't have a food allergy, but I'm deathly allergic to red ants. So as a kid okay. growing up hmm. in Florida, you're like, well, never going outside yeah. again. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was something that like we didn't know about either. So it was mm. like, we were like, oh God. And I was like, I don't feel so well. Mm. And then we had to go to the hospital, but you know, got me a little experience. So I kind of knew what, what was, what would go down in such a situation yeah. for the film. So a fun coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> so like so fun. Say. Yes. So fun. Almost so dying. Fun, so lighthearted. You know, we, we love coincidences. Ari's like, can you do uh, allergic reaction? You're like, can I? <laughs> can I? Give me well, some red ass. <laughs> yeah, just like, we'll go full method for this one. No, but it, it's interesting too, because I live in New York. So like, I haven't really needed to have like an EpiPen mm. for a long time because there's like red ants are like normally like in the south in warmer areas and also we're in new york and like the they think the kind i'm allergic to there's like 200 different species in florida and there's like 500 total or something insane like that 
and they don't know which one I'm allergic to. Mm. So it's always a time. So I never like really like once I moved up here, like had any need for like an EpiPen because they're not really here. But when I was in Utah, they are there. And I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just like, you know, be careful. And they have the scene where I like walk in socks, which, um, they're like, oh, wait. And I'm like, yeah, I don't quite have an EpiPen anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> Haven't for a minute. And they're like, okay. So I was wearing like like these, like, you know, those foot shoes that are like in the shape of feet. Oh, that yeah, are like yeah, really yeah. weird. Yeah, they made me wear those <laughs> and then like a pair of socks on top and then like another two or three socks and they would like hose the ground and like, I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I didn't even think about it. Like, I've only been to Utah like before, like when it was snowing. So it wasn't something I thought would be an issue. But, you know, I don't go outside like in the dirt walking around much. Yeah. So I wasn't really expecting it. So it's an interesting <laughs> time for sure. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was like, it's it's really irresponsible for this mother not to have an EpiPen on her at all times. But then apparently yeah. an entire film set full of like cast and crew yeah. didn't have one either. But I feel like it's yeah. different when it's like your child yeah, has you a nut know your allergy. Child can die from yeah. touching a peanut yeah. compared to yeah. one strain of red ant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like something very random, but you know, also like Peter was very high. He was like somewhere else. Yeah. You know, That's true. he was he was vibing a bit too hard that day. I was like, as he's leaving, yeah. did he not just ask someone at the party if they had an EpiPen? But I feel like he was kind yeah. of not in the right state of mind to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been mm-hmm. a very different movie. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Charlie didn't die. Right, Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Oh, good. good. Cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to ask about uh, The Crow. How was that? Oh, yeah, I'm a pigeon. huge animal lover. So even oh, I know yeah. it's not a real crow, but <laughs> yeah, that was like the like my least favorite part for sure. Um, I'm also like a huge animal lover. So I was like, no, no. <laughs> and it was a taxidermy bird. I, it had died of like natural causes and stuff. So like it wasn't like anything like they had murdered a bird for the thing. Right. And they had like bought it from a place. And then they had others that were like for like science or something like a school science thing. I don't know. But it was a real they bird them but it was a real bird and they had already pre-cut the head off and then they put like a toothpick inside of it and like fake blood so it felt like you're really yeah. cutting into a bird's head <laughs> i did not enjoy it i washed my hands like three million times that day and i was like i need to wash my hands <laughs> they're like we have hand sanitizer I'm like no <laughs> soap and water please and we were filming out of school that day which is like always an interesting thing and that was the same day where they did like the pigeon hitting the window oh, right and that was kind of fun funny because they had like the pigeon loaded into a cannon like outside like plastic air cannon they had made and then you would just like be chilling and I had to not react which is like hard when there's loud noises of any kind and so like they'd go three two one bird and then a bird would just shoot and hit the window (laughs) and I'd have to like not react so I'd like be in my mind like okay don't jump don't jump don't jump don't do it don't do it like no reaction and it's really hard to do when there's like a giant smashing sound on the window and I'm like that poor bird like uh I'm like it wasn't alive they didn't kill it for the movie it was a good actor so, bird <laughs> it was a really good actor he was committed to the part yeah. 100% <laughs> mm-hmm. and then working with the character of Charlie this is kind of like mm-hmm. meta like I don't I still I've seen the movie so many times and I'm still like 
Is Paimon always in Charlie from the get-go? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what me and Ari kind of decided on. We talked a lot about, like, how much of Charlie there really is. And we kind of came to the conclusion that, like, Charlie has always been Paimon. And so, like, Paimon's, like, this, like, baby demon brought into the human world in a way that, like, doesn't really understand what is going on and who they are. But so they're living in, like, the vessel of this child that's not, like, the right vessel. So it's, like, a whole thing. And so... She's very different and it was very interesting to kind of come up with how her mind works Mm -hmm. because if this demon really is in her, her moral compass is not going to be the same as everyone else's and like what she likes and doesn't like. And so we talked a lot about that. Mm -hmm. Because he was like in the movie, they say that he's like the the demon of creativity as well. So the fact that Mm -hmm. like Charlie was so creative, but it was like kind of like creepy creative. Yeah. Yeah. Weird creative. (laughs) Yeah. With all the like, um, like tiny little figurines yeah. and stuff with the animal heads. They had this like scene that was cut from the movie where Charlie had like a box of a bunch of other animal heads oh. as well, but it sadly got cut. I think there was like a rabbit, a rat, more birds and stuff. It was weird, yeah. man. It's it was in a shoebox. It, it it was sad. Which again, <laughs> just like at a bunch of- payment likes beheading things. Yeah, <laughs> so just a little bit of a coincidence. So much worked out. Know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like everything was falling into place very nicely. Yeah. Whether by coincidence or on purpose, we'll never know. <laughs> That's part of the allure of the movie. All the chocolate eating too yeah. is very like all the chocolate eating. There's, you know, there's so much detail and stuff that I I just assume yeah. Ari's like sitting there with a cork board of like okay I need this specific thing <laughs> and this thing and right here yeah he had actually like planned out like every single shot like in drawing like before we had even started wow. and so like everything was very planned out and like everything that happened in the movie was in the script even like miss words and like stuff like that was like there it was all very intentional which you don't usually see a lot and so it was like really impressive to see such a put together film and like so like every image was already thought of and when you're reading the script you could see everything and it like turned out very close to how I thought it would be nice. and another interesting fact is it was originally written to be in winter oh. but oh. we did not do it in winter we filmed it in June do you know why and it was so hot um, I think just the timing thing that's like when the timing of, for filming it worked out okay. better mm. and so they just like changed it but I was wearing all these like really thick costumes <laughs> because that's like part of the character like oversized hoodies a lot of layers and stuff like that and it was like 80 degrees in the summer and I was dying oh, man. it was not a time it was not a time <laughs> I don't recommend it I was wearing like sweaters under the hoodie and then like pants and I was like it's like 80 degrees I want to be wearing shorts yeah. oh man and then yeah. like every cut and people have to come and like blot you down from sweat <laughs> yeah I'm like I'm just like passed out in the corner from heat stroke or something yeah but it was also hard too because when we filmed the bedroom scene we filmed all the like inside interior house stuff in a studio and so we were in utah in this like studio that like no air conditioning so you can hear it right and so then it's like 80 degrees in the summer inside and i'm wearing winter pajama pants and like a like a turtleneck and then like a sweater on top of it while under these winter covers. And I'm just like dying. Mm. Like it was, it was not the most enjoyable time. <laughs> oh. 
Is it you standing when Peter is dreaming and like your head falls off? Was that really you at the beginning? That was really me at the beginning. Yeah, okay. I was. my sister was visiting set that day, which is why I remember doing it. <laughs> and I think that was the same time when I did the bedroom scene. I was doing something else interior. No, I remember what it was, if I'm pretty sure. It was the scene where I like, I'm sitting at the desk and I get up and walk over to the bed and stand on the bed. Mm. Um, and yeah, they just have me stand in a corner and they're like, okay, just like drop your head. And I was like, all right, we did a bunch of time. They're like, okay, good. And a funny thing about the scene where I like walked up and stood on the bed, I like tripped like on while trying to get on the bed. This had like such an awkward height. Like it's a bit too high to stand on comfortably, but a bit too like low to like have to like go up for it. And I like missed it and just like face planted on the bed. It was the most awkward experience because nobody laughed or anything or said anything. They're like, okay, cut, reset. And then you're just like dying on the inside. I'm like, even if one person laughed, it'd be less awkward. But no, it was just so, I wanted to die in that moment. I was like, I'm so sorry. Oh man, it's, it's just it your thing to trip on stuff yeah, during production. Trip on stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just like a journey. I have to do it at least once. Yeah, yes. so. it really exactly. humbles yeah. you as an actor. Mm-hmm. Really, Falling yeah, on you're your just face. Like, really, just like, oh wait, I'm a person that almost just like died. So yeah. Tom Cruise <laughs> runs, Brad Pitt eats, and you got a trip on stuff. It's fine. Yeah, it's just like once every time. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows why? <laughs> I think the last thing I want to hear about is I know that you work a lot with the anti-bullying movement and I wanted mm-hmm. to hear more about your work on that and uh, why you're so passionate about it. Um, Yeah, I feel like as a kid that is different than most kids, I was bullied as a lot of people are. It's something that a lot of people experience. And a lot of the time when like I was a kid and like tried to tell people about it, like they wouldn't believe me or they'd be like some misunderstanding. And as I got older, I kind of was like, oh, the reason people are being mean is because they're also very sad. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to be able to like help in any way I can and do something about it. And it was hard because a lot of organizations just ostracize like the bully and they make it out like the bully's this like super villain that has never felt a good emotion ever and is not sad or hurting about it. They just don't care when that really is isn't the truth. Mm -hmm. And so I found no bully who, um, they work on creating like a community environment and help teaching empathy, which will help solve the issue and also help it stop reoccurring because what they noticed is that like after they like went in and taught about it and like they would teach the teachers about like what to do in that situation. And then they would talk to the students and then they would like, come back every once in a while to like reteach it and they noticed that like kids were helping each other more and like talking to each other about it and it was just like generally a more accepting place and I just like fell in love with that idea and so I've been helping them and doing a bunch of like cabarets and performing and talking about them whenever I can for I think five years now. So it's it's been a while. Awesome. (laughs) And that's really what you need to do in like these sort of social issues is like getting to the root of the problem and realizing that everyone is a real person with real feelings. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's really cool that that's the point of view you took after being bullied. Because like I know when I was in school, I was like, I hate everyone that's (laughs) bullying me. They're all terrible. But (laughs) To like mm-hmm. rise above that and be like, oh, there's probably stuff going on. That's that's really incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely like took me a while. And there's like this one girl like at my school that was really mean to me. But she was like having a lot of problems like in her own life that like people would like would talk about mm-hmm. like openly, even though it like wasn't related to them. And so I felt like she was just kind of like 
lashing out because she felt like pain. And so she wanted someone else to like feel like how she felt. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the issue is a lot of the time. Most definitely. Well, thanks so much for coming yeah, on this to the show. Awesome. This was great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. We'll definitely be watching for you. You're in any other horrors. We'll hit you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, this has been great. Have fun. You know, wash your hands, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. 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 Well, that's been Hereditary, a movie about losing your head and then the director telling you you're not allowed to keep it. (laughs) Next week, we'll be watching The Stuff from 1985, chosen by our podcast friend Liv Albert from Let's Talk About Myths, Baby, because she'll be joining us for the discussion. Woo! And remember, always screen responsibly. Ah! Bye! (laughs) It's too loud. I can't do it quietly. You do it. I think I like peaked. You I did. literally peaked the audio. Wait. It's still peaking. There you go. <laughs> they just had to walk like 10 steps away. <laughs>